for the gift of God. Thank you for healing, strength, and victory, Lord. Washing us in your blood. Forgiving us, O oh Lord, from day to day. Helping us, Father God, to live above it all. Oh God, we need your divine help. We certainly do, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, great and mighty and holy King, you are the God of gods and the Lord of lords. You have never failed, almighty God. You have never, ever, ever made a mistake. And I thank you for being our God. You are the only wise and true and eternal God. Oh, creator of heaven and earth. Thank you, Jesus. Former of all things. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, dear King. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to turn to the book of Proverbs this morning. If you'd like to join me, book of Proverbs. Thank God. Very nice to see and have each of you here in church this morning. Thank you, dear God. Thank you, Jesus. Another visitor right there. Fourth row, fifth row. All right, very good. Let's take a look in the Bible, the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. Everybody said, praise the Lord. All right, we're in Proverbs chapter 29, right towards the end of the book there. Verse 24. Proverbs 29 and 24. Whoso is partner with a thief hateth his own soul. He heareth cursing and bereath it not. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right. If you would like, I would direct you to turn in the New Testament to the book of I would like you to look at the book of Philemon verse 17 that's just before the book of Hebrews very small book Philemon is but a very powerful book has some very good principles in it Philemon, verse 17. If thou count me, therefore, a partner, receive him as myself. Everybody said, praise the Lord. 
All right. Well, counting your partners. Counting your partners. God bless you. You may be seated. When you look at Proverbs here, and you think of partner, usually I think of, a, when I think of the word partner, I think of somebody you can trust, somebody that you're connected with, whether it would be a business partner, or, a, and further in that, a, a partnership. Uh, just somebody that, you know, you're, you're working with in a, in a close relationship, probably on a daily basis. But here the writer said, whoso is partner with a thief. Ooh, now that changes things. I don't, I don't want to be, I don't think any of us would knowingly want to be partners with a thief, you know. Because, again, partner, you think of trust. You feel like you could trust your partner. You feel like the partner has your back, so to speak. Somebody you can trust. There was a um, recent, I want to say within the last couple of years, a man that had stepped away from uh, maybe retirement even of the armed forces, and he had been a very highly qualified soldier. And he had another man with him in the vehicle, and they had a third man in the back seat. And the man that was the very qualified man who he was driving, and he said to the person next to him, whom he'd partnered with for a long time, he said, you got my six? Well, that was their lingo for meaning you got my back. And so the guy acknowledged, got you back. But both of them, I'll say, fell asleep at the switch because the guy in the back killed both of them from the back seat with a gun. Bam, bam, end of them. Highly qualified men who had let down their guard and had maybe took a few things for granted. God help all of us to be alert, to be prayerful, to be realize what kind of world we're living in. An awful lot of people that are shady, a lot of people that are distrustful. They're not worthy of trust. And once again, that word worthy and trust both are Bible words. But it, here it makes it very clear and very plain. If you partner with a thief, you hate your own soul or your own life. Think about that. And yet I've read in the Bible where no man hateth his own flesh or soul or life. You may not like circumstances. You may not be happy with certain things that are going on. But to really hate yourself, that's, not a, that's an uncommon thing. But if you, 
if you partner with a thief, you're shouting out that you hate your own life, the writer said. You're just working against yourself. You're fighting against yourself. The apostle taught the church, the body of Christ, and he, he made it clear, he said he wasn't beating against the air. He wasn't just flailing wildly. Wasn't doing that at all. Uh, it was good target. It was good aim. He was running a good race. That was set before him. Everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. So the Bible also said he that will love life. Well, how about loving the life God gives you? That's a life worth loving. That's a life worth protecting. And that's something that when God gives it to you, not only your, your natural life, but also your, more importantly, your spiritual life that brings to you the promise of life eternal in the right place. We should qualify that. I don't want life eternal in the wrong place, I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to uh, wind up with the guy that, the one, the spirit that has caused the cause, the root cause of all of the problems and all of the difficulties in this whole planet, this whole constellation, if you please. He brings nothing but turmoil, wars, trouble, murder, hatred, deceit, and many other such-like things. So much so that it teaches in the Bible, once again, the Word of God, that, that uh, men are going to be lovers of their own selves. And they're going to hate things that are good and righteous and godly. And that they're there's going to be so many things that they disdain that come from God. You know, the enemy is not called and labeled the Antichrist for nothing. It's because he's against God. He's against everything that's righteous, everything that is godly, everything that is pure. He's against that. He's anti. He's against Christ. And the Bible said for you to be careful because many false prophets, many antichrists are gone out into the world in which we live. Everybody said amen. amen. He said, therefore, to try or test the spirits, whether they be of God. Because Not everything that says it's of God is of God. Or maybe I should say you might want to check the, whether that's a proper, large G, capital G, God, and there's only one, or whether it's that lower, small case G, Satan, the God of this world. Yeah. Identify yourself, so to speak, you know. I, and we want to be extremely careful. I'd tell you, if you're going to ask for an angel you might want to be specific and ask God for one of his holy and elect angels because there's a whole bunch of fallen angels out there that masquerade to be messengers of light when in reality they serve the prince of darkness. Yeah. The enemy 
masquerades. He tries to put on the face that you'll trust, the face that you'll buy into. But the writer said here, the gout, they said, if you partner up with a thief, well, you know, the Bible tells you that Satan is a thief, along with being a liar and the father of lies. He's a thief. And that he comes to steal. He comes, a thief steals. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. Good way for you to recognize what's, who, what you're dealing with. The enemy never brings anything good. Okay? He doesn't bring anything good. If the time is coming, and it's just about upon us, that he, the enemy, the thief, he will call down fire from heaven. And he'll bring about miracles. But the reason, the purpose, the motive is to deceive, deceive the world. Yeah. The Bible said with all, the scripture said with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. In them that perish. Because, I've told you to always watch that word because in the Bible. Because most of the time, there's an explanation going to follow it. And he said, because they receive not the love of the truth. They don't get the Holy Ghost when they could. They don't get this great experience of salvation when it's offered to them. Lots of people will go through motions. You know, we had a guy around here, he'd dance all over the place, and we all knew <laughs> he didn't have a thing except a strong human spirit. And he was used to going around places where he could do that stuff, and they'd ooh and ah, and they thought he was all oh, so spiritual and holy. And we knew better. We knew he was not. And, you know, one of the strong indicators, too, was when the real power of God would move in a service here, he'd go stand and, and almost hide. Revealing his spirit and his motives very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. And of course, he'd, he'd tone down when I'd give him a look or come, up, come near him. Because he knew I wasn't going to, I was just going to put up with just so much in an effort to try to help him. Well, there's a line, and if you cross that line, you have to be dealt with. You bring it to yourself. And the writer said here, whosoever is partner, or whoso is partner with a thief, hateth his own soul. You're beating against the air. You're even beating your head against a, a wall when you, if you're not careful about what you partner up with, who your partner is. Okay? The Bible said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Don't partner up with that. Don't join ranks with that. Don't hook up with that. No, don't do that. You're only showing that you, you really hate yourself. Definitely. And ultimately, you will bring self-destruction. It won't be anybody else's fault. Years and years ago, we've had people, over the years I should say, that uh, they were acting 
incorrectly, living incorrectly, double life, things like that. And they were trying to put on the front. You know, after a while, pe people look beyond the pizza parlor and they want to check out what's going on in the back room. They want to find out what's really happening here. There's a revealing, you know. And the Bible said, he that will let it will let until he be taken out of the way. He that will fight, he that will resist, will keep doing that until it gets removed. It gets revealed. Yeah. Once again, this world is being conditioned by the enemy. Yes. Through many forms of media, mass media. He's working through the, this world and the people of this world and the inventions of this world, the systems of this world to condition people, to get them dependent and will they're reliant on things, certain things that shape and mold and control. That's a key word, control. That's a key condition that the enemy is after. So that the Bible said it's going to go to the point that with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Here's Jesus. He comes. He takes upon him the robe of flesh. He walks upon, upon the earth, men and women, boys and girls, towns and villages, cities, doing good, healing all that are sick and oppressed of the devil. And in doing that, he shows himself openly. One place they even said to him, you know, come down and go to this particular feast because you need to show yourself openly. You know. And he did show himself. Even after he demurred and, and, and didn't want to go to that particular feast because he knew they were going to kill him. But he knew it wasn't time yet. He had no doubt that he would be killed. He had no doubt that he would give his life on the cross. But there were scriptures that needed to be fulfilled. Things had to be done according to the will of the Spirit, the invisible one God. And so later on, though, he did show up at the feast. And he stood in the midst of the crowd and he cried aloud. Tried to bring to them that which would point them towards salvation. That which would help them to be his partner, to partner up with him, to believe on him. As even he told one place, they were doing ugly to him. One group, they were doing ugly to him. They were talking ugly to him. They were thinking bad about him. And they, yet they wanted to claim Moses. Isn't that just like people? People, uh, they, they do dirt. They do ugly. You know, they slip out of church and go out of a beautiful service, and they'll go visit somebody and run their mouth. You know? Or they'll get on their trusty little cell phone and they'll, Yakety yak yak yak. 
have so much negative things to say. Dissuade people. Try to keep them away from church. Try to turn them away from it. Yeah. Be careful who you partner up with. Be careful who you're calling your friend. Be careful who you're fellowshipping with. And after all, we pretty much equate fellowship with going out to eat. <laughs> That's our idea of fellowship. Well, we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't gamble, and we don't lie and cheat, you know. And we don't commit adultery, fornication, other such uncleanness of things. We don't do that. We don't do that. And uh, we go about in the spirit of Jesus doing good, healing people that are sick and oppressed of the devil. And uh, in going about doing good, we don't gossip. We don't do that. That's not a part of our makeup, if you please. Okay? That's, we're, we're made up and clothed with righteousness, peace, joy, good things of God. Because he changed our lives with his oh so great salvation. Did he not? He gave us a beautiful opportunity, and by his grace, his divine favor, we repented of our sins. We believed what he was saying, and so in believing it, we did it. And it, said, it says in the book to repent, or we'll perish. So we repented. We repented of all the wrong things that we'd been doing, the lifestyle we'd been living, our conversation. Well, that's a two-pronged fork, isn't it? It's, uh, it can be talking, conversation, but it can also, and most biblically, mean your style of life. You know, our style of life, we don't want to be known as gossip. <laughs> we don't want to be known, not anymore anyway. We don't want to be known as drug addicts, you know. We don't want to be, be known as uh, street walkers. What's the kid's term? Hoochie mamas? We don't want to be known as, I guess there's hoochie daddies too. I don't know. <laughs> What's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? <laughs> but we don't, we don't want to be known as that. We're not that way anymore. You know? And there's no sense to feel like, well, I was, you was always a sinner is what you always was. <laughs> and he saved you. He delivered you. He pulled you out of the fire. Come on. Amen. He changed your heart. Not here. Here. He changed your spiritual heart, if you please. Your mind. For the good. And he did, he did for your mind and spirit what Brother Donnie does to my truck. Makes it look like a brand new piece of equipment. When I come home, I don't hardly recognize it. Wow, did they pull me up a brand new model, 2017 or what? But the Lord got a hold of us, and he changed us for the good. Took away all the, the negative things, all the sinful things, all the carnal things. And thank God he did. And he made us over and new. Hence the song, I guess, a new man walking or a new woman walking in my shoes. And the things I used to love, I don't do them anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Got a new life, a happy life, a holy life, 
a life that has hope attached to it, eternal hope. And I'm going to be in the right place. I'm going to be in the first resurrection. I'm going to be caught up with the Lord and the dead in Christ and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And from there I'm going to be taken to the, as a, in, sit, in, the, in the bleachers. You want to go to a stadium, make that one where you can behold the, the whooping that the Antichrist is going to get and all his army. Now that's a Super Bowl, friend. <laughs> that's a Super Bowl, let me tell you right there. Amen. And amen. And amen. And we're not too far from kickoff, let me tell you. We're not too far from that at all. So, you know, forget this world. Forget the things of this world. Put those things uh, on a back burner that's so far back you can't even see it anymore because you've moved forward and away from it. You're not there anymore. I tell, I've told it for years. You know, I, I grew up in New York. I was, I was all about the Yankees, you know, all about all of that stuff. When I got the Holy Ghost, man, the Yankees, number one, went all the way down to the bottom of the priority list. They went so far down, and we kept moving so far forward that I, I, I couldn't tell you how far back they were. They just weren't a part of anything anymore, and they're not a part of anything in my life anymore, as well as a lot of other things aren't. And I want to keep everything with God's help. I want to keep everything that in the past under the blood and in the past. I want but God's help and God's strength and God's victory. I want to go forward and continue to move forward because we're, we're coming to a, a time when the Lord is going to return, okay, for the church. When he comes for the church, everybody's not going to see him, okay? you got to get that straight. He's coming for his church, his bride. And the Bible said, you know, I could slip that in there and say, if you want to partner with a thief, partner with Jesus, because he's coming back as a thief. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to catch his waiting bride away. In other words, he's going to come when not everybody's going to be privileged to see him. Nobody in this world. I was witnessing to a Jewish man about a week or so ago, and in talking to him and witnessing to him, um, he was in the new building. He's in he, his business is lighting, and um, we I've known him and his father in their business for many many years. His dad's ninety one and a half, and uh, so I was talking to this. I call him young man. He's actually about to turn sixty, and but I've known him for many years, and uh, I got to witnessing to him a little bit more that because we had lunch earlier that day, and I just kept feeling it, kept feeling it, kept feeling it. And I told him. I said, you know, Jesus is going to return first for his church, his bride. And not every eye is going to see him then. He's coming as a thief in the night. Okay? And uh, I said, but then he's going to come back again when every eye will see him. And they're going to say, where did you get those wounds? He's going to say, the house of my friend. The house of my friend. You know, we shouldn't get wounded doing the, in, in the house of God, in the work of God, with our partners. Our partners shouldn't wound us. We should be able to trust our partners. 
They should have our back. We should be able to count them as our partners. Might be a short list. I remember um, when we were building West Palm area, Palm's West area, and uh, the general contractor was a very nice Jamaican man. And I made a contract with him to help us build a building, and we had special uh, agreements, and uh, it was fine. It was all going good. And uh, we were almost to the place of being dried in, which meant we had walls, and we had some windows, and we had a roof, and uh, things of that nature, and we were, we were getting pretty close. And uh, all of a sudden, this guy showed up. A white cracker dude about that high. And he told me he was he was the general contractor's partner, his new partner. And he started telling the general contractor that you're building this building too cheap. You need to charge them more money. He wanted me to give him a new contract, and I wasn't wanting to give anybody a new contract. I had a contract with the first guy, and I was happy. And so I called a lawyer friend that I knew. I called him a friend because he'd been friendly to the church. He helped us in times past. And so I, you know, I called him and I said, um, this is the situation. And then he said, Reverend, he said, you got a contract. What do you want another one for? I said, I just wanted to call him here. You say that. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> and that answered my question. Stay with what I had and don't get another one, you know. And so I didn't. And so that, that little cracker, he'd come around there giving me a hard time. And, and uh, I finally just said, um, you can leave now. And don't come back on this property again. He got on the phone and he acted like he was telling the his partner, uh, that, what I said, he said, we'll just go take our name off downtown and they won't have a general contractor and the inspector will come and red, red tag the job and they won't be able to do anything. So when he left, I, there was a man working on the building. He was connected with the electrical contractor, but I knew that he also was a general contractor. He had that kind of license. And um, so I went up to him and I called him by name, and I said, you know, I said, I need a, I need a general contractor. And I said, um, I have a short list. I said, and you're at the top of it. Would you like to be the general contractor? He said, yeah, I've been working here all this time on the electric and everything. He said, I know what's going on in the building, no problem. Yeah, he said, I'll do that for you. And so he signed on. We agreed on how much we'd pay him for a week until the end of the job, and everything was just that smooth. Of course, I never revealed that my short list consisted of one person, one name. <laughs> I didn't let that cat out of the bag. But uh, nonetheless, I'm just saying, yes, the Lord provided. And I am saying, though, that, you know, that first contractor was a nice guy. And he making a big mistake partnering with a thief. I remember saying to that guy, what you're trying to do is extortion. He goes, yeah, that's what we do. That's exactly, he owned right up to it. I guess he was a thief and proud of it, huh? Proud thief. Think about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, some people are proud liars. 
Some people are proud about how many kids they got on the side somewhere. And I, I'm going to teach our young ladies with Senior Citizens Fellow in a little while, not today, but, you know, shortly. At, uh, you know they want to talk about being the baby's mama. You know? That right there tells you who has the responsibility. <laughs> you know? All he's going to do is provide the means to have the baby, you know, impregnate you, and, and that's it. That's the end of his responsibility. Oh, except for just us adults here, except for the booty call, right? Right? Other than that, that's it. That's it. He's, he's scot-free, you know. No responsibility. None whatsoever. It's just the girl is going to carry all the responsibility for the rest of her days. And, of course, if she doesn't quit answering the phone and quit considering that person a partner, a thief is what it is, she doesn't quit counting that individual as a partner, then she's going to have lots of babies. Yeah. Until the flower of her youth is all gone. Mm -hmm. So we want to raise our children better than that, don't we? We want to help them to be in the body of Christ, be in the church. So take a good, solid look at Proverbs 29 and 24, where we started this morning. Yeah. Whosoever, whoso is a partner to a thief. And then you go on to the rest of that verse. Brother Thomas, would you be kind enough to read that verse nice and loud, the whole thing? I think I caught Brother Thomas napping. And what that means is he's, he know, he's aware of wrong things, but he doesn't disclose it. He doesn't report it. He doesn't tell it to the proper person or authority that they should. Okay, he knows things are going on. He knows things are being said. Knows things are being are happening, but he doesn't disclose it. He doesn't be he, he berayeth it not. He he discloses it not. Okay. So you know, in the strictest sense of the word, we're not partnering up with the devil, the thief, the destroyer. He comes to destroy lives. He comes to kill, comes to pluck up what's planted. That's what he does. Oh, but he masquerades, don't forget that. He knows how to put on a happy face. He knows how to put on a smooth look. Yeah. He knows how to do those things. He knows how to convince people that, you know, he's a nice guy. He's got your best interest at heart. Sure you do. Sure you do. You're out to destroy is what you're out to do. Many. Try the spirits because many false 
have gone out. Many. Many, many, many. And I am telling you, Scripture is teaching you because people don't love what God gives them. Because they re receive not the love of the truth. Okay. You want to you wanna hug the church. You want to love the church, the body of Christ. You want to, and I said the body of Christ, because you know what? When, you, when you're counting a partner, remember Jesus, Jesus is going to, he knows those that are his worthies, and he's going to recount them. He is selective, very selective. Not just anything will do. When they had to bring a, whether they desired to or it was required to bring an offering, it had to be an unblemished offering. They couldn't just, you know, grab the worst thing in the flock and say, I'll give that to God. You know, no, 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 you had to pick the best. You had to get the unblemished. So we want to realize that we have an opportunity to have this truth that he gave his life for as he cried in the great day of the feast, trying to awaken people, you know, to quit being all enthused about the things of this world and this life and focus on what's really important. Love the truth. Love the church. Love the leadership. Don't, don't get tricked. Another characteristic of the devil. And that's why you're told to take to you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand the wiles or the tricks of the devil. Because you know, he, he's out there to trick people. And he's out there to trip people up too. Whether he tricks them or trips them, he don't care, but he just wants to get them. And he will use anything, anything and anybody to get you. Because they receive not the love of the truth. He's saying, look what I'm offering you. And he offered himself on the cross. He gave his life. He shed the blood of God on that cross. Everybody said amen. amen. And the trick, tricking false prophet said, well, you know, just shake my hand. Okay, you're saved. Yeah. Or, or, or sign this card. You know, take Christ as your personal Savior. Well, where's that in the Bible? Where is that? And you tell many a person that, and they just glaze over. Because they've already made up in their mind. You know, they like that because it's so comfortable. It's so easy. I'm going to take Jesus as easy. He said his way is easy. I want, I want his way. I don't want the easy of the world. I don't want the devil's false religious ways. There is such a thing as a religious devil. I don't want that. Here we are. What an opportunity we have. We're going to believe what his word says. He that believeth on me as the scripture 
has said, out of his belly or his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. You know, he's offering you a great, great opportunity, all of us being offered. Because he so loved the world. He loved everybody. And he displayed a burden for everybody. He took every whipping, every beating, every spitting, every lie, every rumor. He took it all on his shoulders. And he bypassed many things that he could have gone to the right and to the left and participated in. What did one apostle, wasn't it Paul? that said that they had power, they could have taken a wife, but he, he was the kind of individual that could receive that, and he chose not to marry and to be focused into his calling. That was his passion, and he did that. Not everybody can do that. Well, Jesus did that. There was, there was no other involvements, and I want you to understand that now, Right now, there is a move, a foot going on to say that there really was no Jesus. They're going to try to, I'm telling you, they're anti. They're against it. And so they want to get rid of Jesus. They, they're going to come up with all kinds of things, no doubt, that he was some kind of mythical figure or a fable, and they're going to probably say that they found certain writings, you know, and stuff like that. They're going to do every kind of a trick that they can. And much of it is going to come through mass media, okay? Interpretation, TV, television, they're going to program keep bringing it through and keep bringing it through. And they're going to start with the earliest ages. And they're going to try to condition the heart and probably equate it to some kind of cartoon character or something of that nature. And then, as we quoted, that's wherefore it's contained in the Scriptures with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. They're going to pull out all the stops. They're going to go pull, put, put everything behind it. And they're going to, to absolutely employ everything and put every kind of pressure to make people follow their way, which is the enemy's way. And it's, it's going to be a, a rejection all that is good and clean and righteous and true and godly. Yeah. The original church that Jesus, and the only church that Jesus ever gave birth to, now don't think church house, okay? Body of Christ is what you should think. Body of Christ. And as he gave birth to that body of Christ in Acts chapter 2, and where Peter stood up and told the whole known world in answer to their question, what do we do next? What shall we do? And he tells them, repent. And if you believe in what I'm saying, that's what you'll do. Repent. And if you continue believing as you should, 
He said, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of all of your sins. All right? And if you further continue to believe, it's a walk of faith to keep on, then you are to receive the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? And the initial token or sign or even evidence, if you please, of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost is you will begin to speak in another language as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. Therein lies the difference. Now, we have uh, downstairs being taught this morning one of our Sunday school classes by Pastor Mila, um, a good group of young men, and many of them are uh, speak Creole. Some of them speak French. And one of them, at least, speaks another dialogue that I don't even know the name of. Uh, not dialogue, I'm sorry. You know, dialect. And um, But they'll get praying. We have to get somebody close that knows those languages because we don't know if it's the Holy Ghost. We're pretty sure we can discern it. But, you know, we're trying to be careful and make sure that, you know, they could just be praying in one of those languages or tongues. But that's not as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. You'll speak in a, in a language that you don't know, that you didn't learn. It's God sending His Spirit into your believing heart. And when He speaks through you, that's when you confess Christ, okay, unto salvation. All right? People want to make everything mechanical. They want to make everything where um, they're in control. And that's not what it said. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. God did that. God did that. God did that. And the results of God doing that is your heart is cleaned up. Your mind is cleaned up. Your life is cleaned up. All right? And you, you, there's a new person now. All right? You have a, a whole new nature. You've put on, you're putting on Christ, okay, spiritually speaking. And you, Romans to Revelation is going to keep you saved, going to teach you how to live this life. And you could make the mistake of, of eternity. If you get deceived after getting this great truth because you count somebody as a partner that's not worthy of your partnership. Okay? Nobody knows the heart like God knows the heart. Okay? And you can get sympathetic, you know, and you can drift the wrong way. Your motives can be right. I told a preacher one time, he had a guy come into town, and uh, some people that had left the church in that town had took their tithing and went 60 miles away and found a preacher and waved the money under his nose and said, come start a church in our town, which meant come start, start something in direct opposition to the church we used to go to. And so this guy did. And he came with his wife and kids, and oh, they look so nice, you know. What did David say? You know, I, I'm for peace, he said, but there's war in their heart. 
snake behind that smile. Mm -hmm. Might be a Burmese python. That that shoot. So uh, this this guy, so-called preacher, comes into town and he gets a little place rented and these people started going. And you know, at the bottom of people leaving the church, it's always a fight. It's all about a fight. It's all about destroying. It's like the pastor of the church that was there and had been there for many years, he said, well, are you coming to build a church or are you coming to destroy a church? Good question. Finding out the motive, finding out what's going on. You know. Isn't it funny to leave a church? You can go here, you can go there, you can go here, you can go there. Then why did you leave your church to begin with? You know? <laughs> There's no logic in many cases. You know? I've known people that drive a whole long way when they could have, you know. I told somebody not too long ago, I said, I love Belgrade. I said, Man, I can get, be anywhere and get anything in two, in two minutes. You know, hospital, go see Dr. Patrice, you know, two minutes away. Or Dr. Uh, Thomas, two, two minutes away, you know. And uh, bank, two minutes away. And just keep naming things, you know. In some places, in some cities, two minutes ain't going to get you nowhere because of the traffic, for one thing. <laughs> I called, I called um, somebody yesterday, and I said, hey, I said, how's it going? He said, stuck in traffic. Yeah, bumper to bumper. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't have that problem. I tell people over yonder all the time, I said, come on out. I even had a, uh, a track printed up. I need to give everybody one, but um, to give to people that are, in the West Palm area, anywhere, shall we say, uh, east of us, and um, that they're unchurched, they're not going anywhere. And um, I'm talking about, you know, you walk in the Publix and you meet the bagger or the cashier or whatever, you give them an invitation you know, and say, this has a map that shows you exactly and simply. It's a, you've heard of DOS for dummies? Well, this is a map for dummies. Did that on purpose, wanted something that was really simple. How you don't want GPS because they'll put you through the middle of town and you'll be all messed up. So of course you'll get to go to the Goodwill. You might like that. But anyway, uh, we'll get you here real simple and uh, get to come into the house of God. The devil comes to destroy is the point. He comes to get people all mixed up, and he'll give such a plausible reason. A believable reason. It just sounds so good. But you know what? The bottom line is the bottom line. It's as simple as that. The bottom line is the bottom line. In this time and day that we are living, they're going to pull out all the stops. And they're going, he's going to bring chaos. Chaos. And people are going to be deceived, if it's possible, even more so than they already are. But remember, he wants to deceive the elect. He wants to get you. It's just like I told you the two guys in the front seat, 
And you got my back? Yeah, I got your back, partner. I can count you as a partner. I got your back. I'm guarding you. I'm protecting you. I'm watching for you. Next thing you know, they were both dead because they thought the guy in the back seat was okay, but he wasn't okay. And he shot them both dead. Yeah. These were well-armed, well-equipped, trained people, okay, trained men. These, these weren't Ned and the first reader here. These weren't inexperienced people. And here you are, hopefully every Sunday, and more than that, because you need more than that. The devil will try to trick you out of it. Hey, what a great service we had Wednesday night, right? Give God a big hand. My God. Wasn't that marvelous? Wasn't that marvelous? Well, I prayed for one of those uh, young ladies over here, one among many of them, but that one in particular, I promise you, she was just vibrating with the power of the Holy Ghost. It was so wonderful to see the young people in that service. And, oh, man, what a service. What a blessing that was. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, the enemy wants to steal these things from, from you. He wants to deceive you. He wants to do that. You've got to tell yourself, I'm saved, I've got to stay saved. I've got to fight for my salvation. And Romans to Revelation, I've got to be taught over and over and over again. I've got to be trained and I've got to be disciplined. And I, I don't want to be deceived. And I've got to be smart enough to acknowledge, wise enough to acknowledge that there's, there's uh, the powers of deception are kicking into overdrive. And there, the enemy, I'm telling you, to the point that the enemy is going to call fire down from heaven. And he, by the means of those miracles that he will do, that he will have power to do, he's going to deceive the nations. He's going to deceive the nations. And in all of that, I tell you again, he's got the world. What is that song? They, they made, he's got the whole world in his hands. They didn't know who they was. <laughs> well, he was. He's got the whole world in his hands. Wasn't, it wasn't, really shouldn't have been about Jesus. It should have been about the devil. He's got the world in his hands. Jesus has the church in his hands. But that's the target. That's who the enemy's really after, the people who have escaped him, that he, God pulled us out of the jaw and the teeth of the lion. Okay, who's going to and fro, the Bible said, right? Like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's what Satan is doing, and it's, and it's us that he wants. It's the ones that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in the body of Christ. And he's going he's gonna to ramp up deception, and he's going to come out with every kind of uh, schism and division and rationalization everything he can put together. After all, he's been doing what he's been doing for a mighty long time too. And uh, we're not giving him any props. We're not patting him on the back. We're not bragging on him. But we certainly want to be aware. We, we don't want to fall asleep with somebody behind us. Okay, we want to be aware. We're trained. What did it say about Ephraim that they turned back in the day of battle? Being armed, they turned back in the day of battle. 
Let's not mess this up. Let's not let this go in one ear and out the other and somewhere in between it hits this big rationalization, you know, and, and we, we lose it. We throw it away. We give it to the enemy. We partner up with the wrong, the wrong one. What did Jesus say uh, and is written of, of Satan? He said, the devil has nothing in me, nothing. I love it when in the Bible it teaches where Satan started negatively affecting one of God's children, one of, the, one of the members of the body of Christ, very negatively affecting that person. And Jesus looked at the individual. He didn't see the individual as much as he saw Satan. He saw that spirit that was negatively affecting this individual to where they weren't talking like they should talk. They weren't, their attitude wasn't as it should, or as it had been, and as it should be. And he just began to rebuke Satan. Begin to rebuke that spirit. And uh, that's what I'm saying to you, that you've got to be aware. You've got to take the whole armor of God. Okay, you've got to get that. Don't lay your sword down or don't put it in, in its shaft. You've got to get all the beautiful weapons of our warfare. All of us do, which are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? To the unmasking of that charade known as Satan. Maybe that's charader, huh? We've got to, what the Bible say, awake to righteousness. Wake up to what is right. This is right. This, what you're being taught is right. The way things are being done is right. And the word I use is is. That's a state of condition, present tense, right now. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it. They're safe. There's safety. There's safety in the church. There's safety in the right things. There's safety in the right leadership. There's safety in these things. And you, you're gonna, you're gonna, we're going to find ourselves like some little woman with her kids out in the prairie somewhere. And here comes a that sound sounds like a train whistle. Boy, we, we've got a train right over here that comes through. I wouldn't doubt it come through any second. And boy, he, they, those guys, they love to pull the string on that horn, don't they? Oh, brother. And I think the earlier in the morning, the more they like it. You know, and that air horn goes off and announcing that that train's coming through and whatever. Well, that, that's what happens with that tornado, doesn't it? It's got a great big old sound to it. That's so, it's, it's sending out a signal of destruction and fear it puts in people's hearts. Like a woman with her kids in the prairie. What defense do we have there? The house? I doubt that. <laughs> you know, I've read and heard stories of, you know, people that go in the, in the bathroom and they say you should go there if you don't have a basement. And uh, even... I've found people hiding, shivering, 
crying, weeping under a, a, a tub turned upside down, trying to survive that tornado. We are going to find ourselves. This world, I'm telling you, is going to be hit with deception, the powers of, that wants to disrupt your life, wants to turn everything topsy-turvy, okay? Use all kinds of miracles to deceive. Who? He's already got all the others, so think about it. He wants us. If he has to pick us off one at a time, he wants us. Wants to destroy. Wants to destroy. There is a generation that does not honor its mother and father. <coughs> Scripture teaches that right in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Remember, God is your father, and the church is your mother. And the enemy wants to destroy. You want to help me with the little cold up there? I'm not cold. I'm working here. <laughs> Everybody said praise the Lord. Give God a big hand. Work with me. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Amen. Prepare yourself, I'm trying to say. And one place in the Scripture does say, prepare to meet thy God. Well, who more than the church, the body of Christ, should be preparing to meet God? He is going to return, I tell you, and he's coming for his church, the body of Christ, that is, those who are baptized in Jesus' name. Those who are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he has made them worthy. And then remember, he's going to recount his worthies. So it doesn't matter how many years you put in, you will be reevaluated by God. And you want to be recounted as worthy. Everybody said amen. Everybody said, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Okay. Arnold, what's that dialect you know besides Creole and French? Jargon. Thank you. It sounds Chinese. Okay. There you go. Just wanted you to hear that. Uh, we'll add another one to our repertoire. What can I say? And here come our lovely young ladies after our handsome young men. Well, they're almost all handsome. I'm not sure about a few of them, but anyway. Amen. All right, let's give them a big hand. Come on. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. So I'm saying to you what I want to close with is found also contained in the Scripture. And if you'll look in your Bible with me, I'd like for you to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 11. Everybody said, praise the Lord. And if you, you know, can't do that, you can listen. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ 
may be glorified in you. And ye, that means y'all, good southern term, in him. According to the grace of our God. Everybody said praise the Lord. Also, chapter 3, 2 Thessalonians, so this is just a page over. Chapter 3 and verse 15, it uses this phrase, yet count him not as an enemy. When proper evaluation is done by the leadership, there are those that are definitely the enemy. And there are some cases where we don't have to consider somebody an enemy. They're not showing that they're out to destroy, to tear up. They're not trying to disrupt. But that's for leadership to decide. And you keep that in mind. We're talking about counting your partners and being careful who they are. Everybody said amen. In Luke chapter 5, verse 7 and 10, the scripture teaches that the, the catch or the harvest was so great that they had to call their partners. Now, you know, Brother Enrique, he, he, he's in the corn business. And um, he has a big contract to get corn. I don't believe he's going to call in his enemies to help him reap his corn and get it ready to go to market. I don't believe he's going to, because those enemies would be loading their trucks and going somewhere else. They'd be stealing his harvest. I don't believe he, he'd want that. In any business that you have, you wouldn't want that. Paul said about one individual, and he named him by name. And he said that he counted him as a partner. A partner. I tell you again, partner sends a signal. Trustworthy. Friend, reliable, okay? Yeah. So, that was quite a thing for Paul to say about that individual. I was a, you talking about a, an, a, 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 an approval and a recommendation, par none, for Paul to say and name somebody and say, He's a partner. I count him as a partner. The Lord is, you have to understand that the original church prophesied and said that there were going to be those that were going to rise up from among us. Not even from the outside. That's obvious. It's not the obvious that we have to worry about. Right? not the obvious. And you can look at that boy and say, that's a snake. That was easy to see. I got that one figured out. That's not hard. Same thing about that young lady. Man, that's a hoochie mom. I don't want nothing to do with that. Okay. But it's the one that's not so obvious. What did Jesus say about Judas? 
or what is what does Scripture say? We should say it that way. Uh, in, in a prophecy, in a foretelling. There was my familiar friend that lifted up his heel against me. Somebody that I trusted. Somebody that I sat down and ate with, fellowship. Sold me out. Betrayed me. It's not the obvious church family. It's, it's the, they say, I've read, they said that a Burmese python, you know, the ones that are probably coming our way, <laughs> their population is so growing out there in the Everglades, and they're destroying everything. I mean, swallowing it up. I read about a Burmese python that had, when they cut it open, it had three full-grown deer inside of it. Hmm? I've seen some pretty big deer in my time. You know, some of those Burmese pythons are 20 feet long. They could swallow an alligator in the head. And, uh, but they say that when they hunt them, that they can blend in with the environment to where you don't even see them. And that they can be so perfectly still. That even sometimes the dogs that they train specifically to help catch this type of predator doesn't see them and goes right on into too close, what they call the kill zone, and that, that Burmese python gets them. Highly trained. Highly trained. Oh, God. Help us. Help us. In the day and age in which we live, help us. With all deceivableness of unrighteousness. The enemy's going to pull out the stops, I'm telling you. He's going, people that are just all so easily mesmerized and they're, they're not discerning. They're not discerning. They're not testing. They're not trying the spirits, whether it be of God. Can this possibly be of God? Not when it's full of destruction. Not when people get, you know, they, they, their phones are, and they're constantly on there and, saying things and contacting and doing things, you know? To, to get people to go in different directions and do different things. The enemy wants the church. You understand that? That's who he wants. He wants to destroy. Oh, yeah. That, and he's mad. He's mad that an enemy is because he knows his time is short. He knows he's doomed. He knows he's headed for the lake of fire. And he wants to take as many with him of us as he can. That's what he wants to do. He's not after those he's already got. He's going to lead them out. He's got them, he's going to convince them that we're going to make war 
against Jesus and we're going out there and we're going to win when he knows all the time that he's lying. And he'll, he'll, he feels like he's going to have the last laugh. But he's going to be broken suddenly and without remedy. But the bad part is all those that are with him are going to wind up in the same predicament for all of eternity. That place where people are going to be, preachers have said, turn it off! Couldn't bear to look, couldn't bear the vision. How bad and tormentful it is. Let's stand together. I want to count my partners. I want to know that you got my back. I want to know that, that you're going to be there in the moment, of, in the hour of need. You're going to be there. That you can be counted on. That you're not duplicious. You know. That there's nothing hidden going on there. That you're truthful and you're honest and you're upfront. You're communicating. You're doing things proper and right. Everybody said amen. amen. That's, that's what you want to be. You don't want to wake up one day and find out that you partnered with a thief. Now, what the proverb says, whoso partners with a thief, that signals that that you, you, don't, you hate your own life. You're, you're battling against yourself. You're cut, we used to always say you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. You know? yeah. We tell our kids we don't want you hanging out with certain people. Make sure you're not hanging out with certain people. Mom, dad, <laughs> uncle, whatever. Be careful. You might be doing what you're telling your kid not to do, training them and warning them, and as you should. You've got to be an example. You've got to be an example. You've got to be strong. You've got to be discerning. You've got to be able to spot that serpent and call it what it is. Because the enemy... He wants to partner up with you. He wants to snuggle up. He wants to say, be my partner. I'll help you. We work together. And all the while, he's an embezzler. He's a thief. He's a defrauder. Yeah. He slipped in there to steal from you. Yes, yes, yes. That's why it's so nice to have the love of the truth you have Jesus. You have his power and his glory. You have somebody was so mixed up about the gift of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. I get these calls every once in a while, you know. I had to kind of straighten them out a little bit. You can't have those gifts of the Spirit until you have the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's the gift giver. Places you in the body of Christ. You know, the enemy always wants to get people to do things out of order. You know? We don't 
don't have the baby before we have the marriage and the husband. Everybody said amen. Give God a big hand.